Hello everybody and welcome to the Vinyl Re- Revelations podcast with your host the Sharpie and the captain here in the corner. Sharpie, what are we talking about today? Well, we are going to speak about, Pan- uh, not Pantera, Sepultura's Chaos AD. Indeed, we are going to the Southern Hemisphere, we're going to one of the biggest countries in the world, Brazil, we're talking about Sepultura, Chaos AD. It's their kind of high watermark. Am I controversial to say that? Uh, no. no. You know, I, I disagree with that. Roots would probably be their high watermark. Ooh, okay. We're not even one minute into the episode and we're, we're all... We're fighting. We're, we're fighting. It's come to blows, people. It's come to... It's going to get ugly. Let's diffuse the situation, Sharpie. What have you been listening to in recent times? Anything been catching your ear? Yes. Anything, movies, TVs, whatever. Um. Well, I've picked up a rather entertaining podcast called Broken Records. It's good, um, but it's not as good as the VRPC. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's fascinating because it covers a variety of all different genres of music and it, it sets out to figure out what's the worst album of all time. So the journalism through that is, is actually exceptionally good. Um, and there's Is that a British thing or American? Yeah, um, Guy Stephen Hill who has been a journalist for <coughs> some pretty big publications and things in the past um, and his co-host Renfrey Deadman and th- these guys have a really good rapport with each other and it's it's massively entertaining the other thing I've been listening to this this past couple of weeks is Zealand Arder's new album interesting now this is a band or an artist that I've heard a lot about but I've not actually checked out so give me the rundown give our listeners the rundown it's, it's a it's kind of solo artist that yeah. Um, combines um, slave chants okay. with death metal, right? Okay. And bluesy soul vocals hmm. with death metal. Interesting combination. It is interesting. Yeah. It's mental, okay. but it works yeah. so incredibly well. It's done so sensitively. Um, past two, like this album is is fucking great actually mm-hmm. um, and this, the previous album was very good as well I think this one may well pip the previous album actually so I would if you want a different sound altogether I would definitely check out Zealand Arder mm, interesting yeah uh, an artist that I was kind of familiar with but I hadn't really checked out me well to be honest um for the last this episode and the previous one i had to put in a lot of kind of like uh like study time because both artists uh last week's episode uh, paradise lost draconian times hope you check it out um i was not so familiar with so i had to do a lot of stuff and today's episode also sepultura i was not so familiar with so i had to put in a lot of time listening to that so other than those two artists i've not really been checking out one thing I suppose I would say is that I've been watching uh, Cobra Kai. I don't know. If oh you my goodness! It. Yeah, you been watching that? No, no. Oh, it's really, really good. You should check it out. It's um, it's obviously the, the kind of like story of like the Karate Kid, but they're now kind of you know twenty years older. Their dads, they've got kids. 
and it's a very cleverly written um, uh, piece of kind of drama and the episodes are all 30 minutes long which is kind of unusual because like for most people like you know whether it's kind of Korean dramas or Game of Thrones or whatever most episodes are like kind of feature length feature length yeah, yeah exactly an hour or 90 minutes minimum you know this is 30 minutes and they can't so it kind of reminds you of the kind of like TV we would watch when we were kids the 30 minute episodes but they pack a lot of kind of punches in it and it's kind of um, there's a lot of kind of moral stories about it and actually it's clever how it kind of like juxtaposes a lot of um, kind of like uh, let's say contemporary culture cultural issues where people of you you and I's age might see things different to the kids it's very clever the way it's been done but anyway Sharpie we were drinking a few uh, kind of beers last week um, I can't remember what they were, but they were. And we'll be drinking a few this week as well. Well, obviously, obviously, yeah, clearly, clearly. Yeah. Jesus Christ, there must be some recompense for sitting talking to you for an hour. Jesus <laughs> no, Christ, there's got to be some reward. Yeah. Bit, like. We've already had some emails saying, you know, that guy Sharpie. Jesus Christ, what a, what a tough listen he is. But anyway, <laughs> anyway um, enough about that. Right, so um, Sharpie, uh, we we had. Uh, Last week it was uh, was what, what, top out or something like top that. Top out, yeah, yeah. And the one we kind of finished on was uh, dedicated yeah. to Ben Alder. That's right. And we've got another one. Another one here. So we're still sticking with the same brew. You were talking about a cider earlier. Oh, that's yeah. Right. So yeah, this yeah, is yeah, yeah. a Scottish cider from okay. the most northern. Um, uh, is it the most oh, northern yeah. orchard in in Highland cider? Would drive. Well, why don't we why, why don't we crack open with with that one and we'll get this episode of uh, Brazilian metal metal. Oh, beautiful! Let's pour this one. Let's get going. So this one is called is it Novar? I think so. I was just intrigued by it because it's yeah. Um, it kind of looks like something out of like Norway or something. Yeah. Yeah. Glug 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 glug. So Sharpie. Sepultura. Yes. Let's talk about it. Why, why are we talking about Sepultura? Because cheers, by the way. Fucking great. Um, cheers. Sepultura are a seminal band. Seminal, and this is cider, and I love cider, and this is a good cider. Is it a good cider? Yeah, I'm happy. Oh, that is I nice. Think, I think, oh, that's lovely. I think the guys in Sepultura would say, Muita bomb. Okay. <laughs> I'll agree with you. Yeah. So, yeah, Sepultura um, are a massive band. Um, they probably peaked, kind of like we were discussing, um, with the album Roots. Yeah. Um, they've, which they, came out in what year? I think it's 1996. Yeah, 1996. Yeah, yeah. And kind of after that, um, the two um, founders, well, yes, Max and his brother Igor Cavalera, left. Yeah, yeah. Um, they subsequently carried on with Derek Green and yeah. um, you know they, think, they've actually got yeah. a, a large discography beyond a very this. large discovery. I think they've got sixteen albums. We'll we'll go yeah. into that breakup, uh, which was actually in two parts yeah. later on because it's quite interesting. But, but. Um, I'm not so concerned about that because I kind of want to concentrate on Sepultura as a band around this time yeah. because. It's very interesting yeah. um, because they have such a unique sound. They're a heavy band, yeah. but um, their uh, geographical influence yeah. is, is massive. 
and it's a precursor to a lot of the music, yeah, heavy yeah. music, extreme music yeah. that, that, that is around okay. just now. Absolutely. So for anybody who's not familiar with Sepultura, let's just paint a picture. So basically, they're a band, uh, they're a heavy metal band from Belo Horizonte in Brazil. Started off in 1984. As I said, they've had 16 albums, but the kind of holy trinity, or in this deed, like holy quattro, is between 1989 with their album Beneath the Remains. Yeah. Then came the album Arise. Yeah. And then Chaos AD, which is the album we're talking about today, 1993. And then the culmination of their sort of sound was Roots with 1996. Thereafter, I think we can say it was a bit iffy. But the last four albums, uh, Quadra was your top yeah. top album from 19, uh, 2020. Yeah, it? 2020. One yeah, of the yeah, top yeah. So, uh, But between sort of 1996 and we, let's just pick a year, it's kind of 2012. They kind of blew hot and cold a little bit. And I think there was a band... They struggled on. Yeah, yeah, there, yeah. there was a band that was almost trying to carve out their own sound again and yeah. reinvent their sound yeah. again yeah. with their new lineup. Yeah. yeah. So, um, lineup, that's probably quite an important thing. So the band started off, basically, there was two brothers, Max Cavalera, who was the guitarist and singer, and his brother, I think a younger brother, was yeah. the drummer, yeah. Igor, Igor Cavalera. Yeah. And then uh, they had a guitarist, Andreas Kisser. Yep. And then on KOCD, they got the bassist, Paolo Jr., who's actually stayed in the band. So the current lineup um, is actually quite different. So we've got Paolo Jr. on bass, Andreas Kisser on drums, and then the singer is Derek... Derek Green. Derek Green. Yep. And they've got another drummer whose name just escapes me. I think it's... Uh, something Casa Grande, Eloy Casa Grande. All oh, right. Yeah. So, but we're talking about the classic early 90s lineup, which yes. basically stayed from 1989 to 1996. Thereafter, things changed. Right. Sepultura, KOCD, 1993. This is kind of like, for me, as not being a, a big fan, of, in fact, I'm, I'm going to say this, Straight up, I'm not a big fan of. So well, I was going to ask you about this. I was going to ask you this directly. Like, are you a fan of Sepultura? So, I can answer that directly, and I'll probably say no. I had roots. Everybody had roots. Yes. Everybody of our peer group, like yeah. roots, was so big at the time, yeah. wasn't it? It yeah. was just. It was. It was almost like. It felt black album big at the time. I wouldn't, quite were, say, I wouldn't quite say it like that, but I would say it was if like... If you were in that, yeah, those circles. It was like, it was just one of those things that everybody had, you had to hear it, you had to have mm. it, right? And everybody knew yeah. their, their, their first, you know, their first single. And, yeah, the, the, the first, they had two, uh, like, massive singles, which was Roots, Bloody Roots, and I think And obviously the big thing about that album was like, it really overtly went into their kind of Brazilian sort of... Uh, Ethnic cultural roots, absolutely, you know, with the drums and some of the very experimental in places, yeah. yeah, you know, and yeah, it was something quite new. At the time, we didn't quite know how new it was mm. because it effectively was went a big way to spawning all the new metal, the corn, the uh, yeah. Slipknot, whatever. I mean, we've we've touched on this very early, but Sepultura up to Arise was essentially. 
a thrash band. Yes. And if you look on any yeah. Wikipedia site or yeah. whatever, they they are those initial albums up to Arise are classed as thrash albums. Yeah. Death metal, thrash metal, yeah. but it changes in Chaos AD. Yeah. And this is actually the one of the things that I was con- to answer your initial question, am I a fan of that? So I had Roots and I had it for a long time and I liked some of the songs and I thought, right, I've got to, everybody talks about Sepultura, so I've got like Gajira, they're a mm. big fan of like Sepultura. So I thought, I've got to really get into this band. So I got KSAD out of the library, but I just couldn't quite get into it, yeah. right? And I just kind of left it. And then you said we should we talk about this album and I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll do that. So I started listening to KSAD and I found a bit of a challenge at first. And then I went to some of their elder albums and I have to say, Arise, I really like album. I really, really like that album. I think it's now, but what what it is? It's the last album that does not have that I would say overtly Brazilian influence. There's touches of it in the Tom Phil's, right. just here and yeah. there, just very subtle. Yeah, I think it's inescapably influenced who this band are. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they start leaning on it more and more heavily yeah. through this yeah. album, and you know it's it overwhelms. Yeah. It's an overwhelming influence in, yeah. in, in Roots. And I think, I think you, uh, you uh, in the notes that you've written here, KOCD kind of bridges that between yes. super, super overt influence to a uh, like Brazilian cultural thing and kind of more kind of, let's just say, like, I'm not going to say standard thrash American sound, but you know, you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, so Arise is still a thrash album, but then... What, Particularly with the with, with the drums, they use more mm-hmm. traditional Brazilian um, tom fills yeah. to accentuate the yeah. riffs, um, I, and this this album is when, when can you read the Wikipedia page? It, it, it's it's the the genre it moves and shifts yeah. from thrash to groove metal. Yeah. And then Roots is then classified yeah. as Groove, yeah. New Metal. Yeah. Now, I wonder, this is pre-Korn, so this is a year before Korn's debut yeah, yeah. album. Is this, is was Roots the first New Metal album? Uh, I'm might going to just challenge you. I think Roots came out in 1986. I have a funny feeling Korn came out in 1985. But one, thing, I, one, one, no, one thing I'm going to say here is I think the same producer, which is Ross Robinson, did both Roots and Corn, and right. one of the things that like was kind of definitive, apart from the seven string guitars for Corn, was the kind of very dry drum sound, and that's something you really notice on Roots. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I think. Um, but anyway, so we're talking about KSED. It came out in September 1993. Sharpie, let's paint a picture here. So last week we were talking about Paradise Lost. <laughs> Why? Why did you get into Sepultura? To, uh, you know, were you listening to it in nineteen ninety three, or was it a couple of years yeah, after? Yeah, I think it was. I think looking back on it, I was probably getting a bit jaded with the whole grunge thing. I was always into metal, mm-hmm. um, like the original thrash thing had kind of almost kind of passed. So Can I challenge like, you in that actually, because I actually think 
for me, they... well, this is the set like the second wave of thrash bands, isn't yeah. it? Well, I was gonna say because like when I think of Sepultura, like the other bands, I instantly I'm thinking like Megadeth, like like yeah, so... Megadeth, Sepultura, all those kind of album well, covers were kind of like I mean, you had the, you had the big four, yeah, but. 94, what were Metallica doing in 94? You know, the Black Album had been and gone. They were in hiatus. Kind of, yeah. They were, so, like... And Anthrax, I can't remember when... Um, they were Sound of White, Well, Sound of White Noise yeah, oh, was, well, yeah, okay. was, yeah. was released. So yeah. they changed and developed yeah. their sound. Yeah. So then you had this. This is post-thrash. Yeah. Metal. Yeah. It's still skull-crushingly heavy. Yeah, I suppose, yeah. There's thrash elements to it. Yeah. But... This is a band that were bored with playing thrash. So where do they go from here? Mm. They start to lean on their heritage mm. and start injecting that and creating a groove yeah. to their music. Yeah. So, I mean, this, this, isn't, this is a heavy album. Yeah. This is a really heavy yeah. album. But at the same time, it's got a swing and a groove to it yeah. that, is, that was so refreshing at the time and it was actually it was such a new mm. sound that it was it was it was vital and it was exciting and it, it immediately captured your your imagination and your mm. your attention um and there was certain political kind of stuff you know through the, the through the, the political content and things like that that were were cap- just as captivating as what you know like what rage against machine were doing yeah. you know that's a, that's that's the kind of the point that I actually kind of picked up um, because like you know uh, that early to mid 90s is kind of you, you know a lot of historians are kind of saying like that it's kind of the zenith zenith of like western culture you know mm. the cold war been won there was no there were no problems no terrorism you know it was basically like commercialism and globalization type of thing it was all good so like bands like Metallica Megadeth and Anthrax and Guns N' Roses you know there were thrash albums, there were thrash bands, uh, or like hard rock bands, but they weren't, you know, like what actually did they have to be like, like worried about? You know what I mean? But here's well, I mean, a band. There's Brazil with the with the slums. Exactly. But here's a Brazilian band. And, you know, a Brazilian band. They are actually like they grew up in a dictatorship. Yeah. You know, Brazil was a pretty tough place. They were like living in the kind of literally segregated societies, favelas, as you were mentioning heavily militarized police running in and shooting up drugs everything it kind of like knowing you watched like films like robocop or kind of like uh, like running man you saw the future and yeah. it was all kind of like it's, well it's kind of like what it says now you know like you know police with you know with machine guns and and you know it, you know kind of like society kind of teetering on the edge that was brazil yeah you know that and that's what they were living so the thing that I'm trying to say in a kind of roundabout way, which I always do. It's like, here was a thrash band that actually had something to thrash about. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, so they they, they, they re-injected that, that impetus into that brand yeah. of music. Yeah. And again, like, you know? I mean, like, some of the songs kind of, like, reference or are talking about, like, kind of, like, like, various global struggles, regardless of what you are in the kind of political spectrum, you know, like, Palestine or whatever... The favela thing, you know, they were talking about that kind of like real shit. Yeah, you know, it wasn't kind of like, you know, you know, like scary Satan stuff. You know, this was like actual real shit. You know, like yeah. What, what was the video which had the um, 
the Tiananmen Square tanks. I can't remember. Was that Refuse Resist? Yeah, it's probably yeah. Refuse Resist. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it was like real kind of political struggle, and I think that's quite interesting because, like, well, yeah, I mean, like nomads about refugees. You know? it, yeah, all that sort of stuff. You know, I, with the exception of Rage Against the Machine, I don't think many bands were like really going at it about real shit. I mean, I. Yeah. I didn't actually realise how overtly political this album was until fairly recently because the music is just ev- yeah. everything about this album. It's just so, such a vital sound. It's just, you know, it's, it rips from start yeah. to finish. It ebbs and flows, yeah. but it just captivates you from start to finish. So sometimes like the music is so exciting that sometimes <laughs> like that the, the sometimes the political message is kind of overwhelmed yeah. a little bit yeah but i mean when you've got you know songs overtly called yeah. refuse resist territory and slave new world yeah. then you know it's only going to ever yeah. be about certain certain things isn't yeah. it you know i've got to say like if i was to like, kind of submit this, this whole album I think the first three songs like are absolute bangers and then by the time you get to how do you pronounce it is it Kaiwas 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 yeah. after that I'm it, it be, like, the sound of the album is very chaotic and quite uh, dissonant I like if I listen to that on headphones or you know if I'm out jogging or whatever I just I just find it just got a little bit like too much for me That that's kind of like, it was just like it was so visceral or something it was just it's a very visceral album yeah but i mean i've i've known this album for so long yeah. and it's i mean i i said in the paradise lost episode that i know that album kind of like cinnamon heartbeat and this is one of those albums that um i've listened to it so many times i still find it so exciting i mm. still find it so yeah. vital um but I, I know where the hooks are yeah so i you know, I know, like there, I, I can hear like the um, hi hat kind of yeah. like splashes and things. So the chaos makes sense to me. Mm, you know, yeah. the the swirling yeah. aggression um, has context to me because I, I I know where the riff hooks and things like yeah. that are. You know, so it's with being familiar with it. Um, I I kind of know you know I I the it's not quite so chaotic to my mm. my ear you know mm-hmm. yeah. Well, we think both of us think this is a is a is a great album. I have to say I think it's a great album, kind of from from a like a, a how would you say it? like a kind of more abstract perspective mm. you know rather than a kind of heartfelt perspective. Sharpie, you're obviously clearly like. Like a super big fan. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, do you have a like? Do you have any like favorite like like tracks that would sort of like like if if somebody puts it on in the car or in the stereo, that's you that like, you're just like pulling off the ceiling type thing. Um, no, I mean th- this album is a ten out of ten album. Yeah. Like I don't know what the run time is. This what about forty three minutes? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. This album flies by for me because it's just. It's, it's an exhilarating head rush mm. of riffs yeah. from start to finish. I, there, I, I, I find it very difficult to pick <laughs> out one, yeah. one, one song because although it's heavy, there's kind of nuances. Mm. Um, you know, there's 
you know more mellow bits and things like like that um so for people who are not maybe familiar with sepultura i think most people have heard the band probably most people have heard a few songs or have seen it like if they were if you're our age you would have seen one of their videos on mtv or whatever mm. um what kind of bands might you suggest or kind of influenced uh, influenced uh, sepultura and maybe what sort of bands might be influenced by them is there anything that sort of springs it to mind yeah i was listening to code orange um a couple of months ago and um i just thought there was a couple of passages that i thought that's that's very sepultura is that because it's getting like so far to the edge it's almost like out of control type thing yeah. yes yeah but there was more the like riff construction and things mm -hmm. so i uh, code orange employed to serve um I mean, particularly employed to serves, um, which which was my album yeah. of, the, of of the year. Mm. Um, just that overtly aggressive yeah. riff structure it can it can almost I mean it's it's beyond Slayer. Um, there's more. There's more groove yeah, to yeah, the riff yeah, structure than, than say generally like slower. Slayer. Yeah, generally slower with a bit yeah. more of a kind of syncopated rhythm. So th yeah. this is an interesting dynamic with with heavy riffs yeah. that, like this album was born out of Sepultura being essentially bored with playing thrash yeah. perpetually in the Arise tour, mm -hmm. so they decided to deliberately slow down the riffing, yeah. and. In, instead of being um, aggressive, like, it, it creates a different form of aggression. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like that if, if you were like uh, to punch somebody in the face, it, it's an aggressive act. But if you were to pull your fist back and lunge at somebody, it's a slower action, but yeah. it's almost just as aggressive. Yeah. Does that does, can does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, I think you you're talking about kind of like the difference between wrestling and knocking somebody out. Yeah, I mean, it's still heavy, aggressive yeah. music. It's just done in a very yeah different way. But I think it's done from in a way and, and with with a band who know how to craft yeah riffs and strong structures so well. I gotta say, one of the reasons I kind of like was interested in investigating KFCD was because I had gotten into Gojira and their album Magma, which is kind of like uh, that's kind of like a modern classic. Um, and the two, it's a French band. The two brothers, similarly, actually, the guitarist and the drummer, actually very similar when I think about it. Uh, they kept going on about Sepultura and like. A lot of their kind of live shows, they would play like some sepultura riffs, like between songs type thing. And I can hear a lot of like sepultura in like particularly this KOCD roots period. I can hear a lot of that in like magma. They just done something quite unique and different with it, and it's probably like more like in my in my kind of like let's say like flight path yeah you know, you know they're a bit more technical aren't they I, I just thought like with like I think Gojira are like one of these bands that like they've created 
they've got some riffs that are like kind of uniquely uh, uniquely their sound. Yeah, I, you know, I've not heard any other bands like that. But of course, I can say the same thing about you know, if I like hot tub time machine me back to nineteen ninety three, I'd be saying exactly the same thing about Sepultura. Interesting. You know what I mean? Well, yeah. You know, um, the only thing that would be close to this in terms of like kind of like groovy heavy metal would have been Pantera. You know. You know what I mean? Yes. Because yes. like Slayer would have been and Metallica would have been Nobody yeah. made people were gonna like And you know what I mean? That's a very that's that's a very good way of putting it. Yeah, yeah. You know, the syncopated rhythm thing was, you know was not a, a really a, a thing that I'd kind of been like accustomed to. Um I was gonna say. So I think actually it's important uh, before we like maybe get into like more into depth with the, the, the with the albums. We touched on it earlier. Like the band subsequent to this went through quite a lot of changes, and it's almost like you could say is Sepultura now Sepultura. It's kind of a controversial yes. thing to say. Yeah. Yes. So as I understand it, Sharpie, but I would like you to correct me if I'm wrong. Basically, um, I understand that. Max Cavalera's wife was the manager of the band and the rest of the band, his brother included, uh, fell out there. Yes, and that and essentially created a split. And Max the- Cavalera had to leave. And he created his own band, which was... Soulfly. Soulfly. And then about 10 years... So this would happen sort of 96, 97, 98, something like yeah. that. Yeah. And then 10 years later, 2006, the brother Igor Cavalera he got kicked out or he left and I think he joined his brother's band am I right yes he did yeah yeah so effectively the only original member of the band is Andreas Kisser well actually (laughs) there's been so many I mean even from the early days there's actually no original members but that's but no I think as a Sepultura fan you don't really think of the band in those terms no because the first Um, two albums the first two or three albums are kind of like it's not until they get to beneath the remains that we kind of think of. Yes. Oh, Sepultura, Sepultura. Yes. Um, but so you've got the two brothers who've left, and that's kind of like saying like to ACDC, like you know Malcolm and Angus not being in the band kind of thing, isn't it? A wee bit. I think so. I mean, if you listen to like Quadra and I mean, the, ugh, there's maybe tribal elements in Quadra and things, but it's not. It like yes. I think it's very fair to say Sepultura had a very different band now to what they were in yeah. the 90s. I think, like... And not two- just in personal terms, I think their sound yeah. is, I is think very different. like, the 2000s was a difficult time for them because, obviously, they were going through that change and there was a lot of things happening in the world, generally. Now that they've moved to Nuclear Blast, I think their first album was Tragic Idol and their most recent one was Codra. Like, you've, you've obviously been keeping tabs with them more it's kind of been more, more upward more cute. laterally yeah um, yeah I I kind of dipped out of them you know for a bit but um, Machine Messiah I've, I've got and, and yeah. Sally Quadra I've, yeah. I've got the last two albums yeah they're yeah. supposed to be pretty good yeah. and they are, um, both of them yeah. are, are exceptionally good actually yeah. Um, but yeah I mean you know, like you say, Roots was kind of universal at the time, and yeah. Chaos CD. Now, it was it was interesting though because I mean, being a poor kind of 
teenager and you know buying music and pocket money and things. I had this album on tape, mm-hmm. and um, I only latterly got it on CD. Yeah. And um, yeah, I just when I, I played it again, it's just like I just fell in love with it all over again. Yeah. You know, because it's just it's a little bit zeitgeisty of the like ba- like we have a lot of very good heavy bands like mm. employed to serve and things mm. that I mentioned before just now which are you know are obviously influenced by by them so yeah. you know it's 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 good to have this 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 album yeah. again you know um, yeah. and in fact you know such a f- fan of of this this album that um I had a long train journey from Manchester. I would come home from holiday, and I was kind of tired, and you know whatever. And I almost like couldn't be bothered changing tapes in my Walkman. Yeah. And I played this over and over and over again for about three hours, mm-hmm. uh, four hours, like just just constantly because it ebbs and flows, and it, the dynamics are so captivating that yeah. um, I just. I was just on a buzz for it, and ever yeah. since then, I've I've just been, oh, just utterly hooked on on this yeah. album, you know. Indeed. So, like, this album was uh, it, it came out in 1983. It was released on Roadrunner uh, Records, and basically, several Tour at the time were like Roadrunner's biggest kind of like artists, and this album mm. did pretty well at the time. And certainly, it's been kind of like heralded as like kind of top ten, top twenty thrash albums of all time and all that sort of stuff in various sort of publications. I think when it came out, like in the UK, it got to like number 11, you know, which for kind of a Brazilian band. You know, heavy band. Heavy is... band is kind of, you know, you know, kind of amazing when you think about it. The, um, the other bands that you're kind of like thinking about when you're talking about, <laughs> Sharpie's just doing this headbanging thing at the moment. <laughs> Um, so on our last episode we were talking about uh, Donington now this album for a Brazilian band where was it recorded Sharpie? it was actually um, partly recorded in in England Caioas was recorded in in um, Rockfield Studios in Wales yeah the song Caioas I think the one you're talking about there it was actually yes that was recorded in some sort of like castle or something or a church or something like that yes and you can you, you can you can hear the the seagulls kind of circling, oh, really? yeah. circling, yeah. you know, overhead the ruins and things yeah. like that. But Rockfield Studios, I think we talked about that a few episodes back in the Opeth one. That that like everybody's recorded there, you know. It, I don't know what this place is. It must be kind of like a, kind of a, a rock messiah. But yeah, Andy Wallace was the um, producer. He's done like, basically everybody shitloads of folk. It's kind of weird to think that you know a Brazilian band is like recording in a kind of farm in Wales. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um. Yeah. So, like the videos, when we started uh, discussing about talking about this album, I was like, oh, "Yeah, Sepultura, right? Don't know much about them, but like, I, like I, um, like visually, I had a lot of things came to my mind. So, like I say, the like they're kind of aesthetic with the kind of like the long wavy hair and they're kind of like kind of tartan shirts and like kind of shorts." And then kind of like the videos were all sort of like handheld cameras, yeah. kind of black and white. A lot of news reel film of like kind of chaotic things, or like you know Tiananmen Square, or like 
police busting like drugs and shit like that. It was kind of a like, very iconographic kind of like picture. I, I I thought at the time, you know, so this like like I say, the visual actually had more of an impact on this than the sound to me, you know. But it's you know. I, this is where I come back to what, what I was talking about earlier. Like this was like actually like thrash coming from the soul, if you know what I mean. Like this is thrash, like you know. Yeah. You know, if I've never been to Brazil, I know a lot of people from Brazil. Fantastic country, but a country with a lot of issues. Mm. Presently and certainly back in the eighties, would have been like kind of felt like teetering on the edge. Actually, you know, um, you know. The interesting thing about like Brazil is like it's kind of like. Uh, like it's it's a European culture, but the cities are kind of like Asiatic, right? Like like you know like you see pictures of like Chinese cities, these kind of massive like sprawling cities. Mm. Well, that is Brazilian cities. Mm -hmm. It's just like these kind of endless kind of like like urban jungles. Yeah, that is a quite a fair reflection to say. Like it's just like high rises and tall buildings, or like you know kind of unplanned kind of you know yeah, a huge amount of like vitality and life, you know, verdant in that sense. But you know. Certainly, lots of issues with it, and it's clearly like, you know, a, you know, a rich source of material for them. I don't know much about the city that they come from, like Belo Horizonte. You know, we always know about Sao Paulo or Rio, but yeah, you know, uh, anybody from Brazil? We've got a few listeners from Chile, I think. Do we still? I believe so. Yes. Yeah, the uh, the Spotify. Um, what do you call it? Uh, analytics. Analytics. Yeah. 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 We took a bit of a dive with the the Niall, Neil Young thing, apparently. Joe Rogan, you bastard. Yes, well, yeah. So uh, we've had to make sure that people uh, yeah. know that we are also available on other streaming platforms yeah. beyond Spotify. So gives the picture. We've, yeah. So I mean, Apple Podcasts, and if you Google us, well, there's a whole host of of streaming platforms come up beyond Spotify. So yeah. Um, we don't mind where yeah. you listen to us, you know. We're like that scratch in the back of your ass. Yeah. You, we're we're always there. And you'll That's never get rid right. of us. Yeah. So Sharpie, talk to me. I really like the album Arise. Yes. That is the album that I find just kind of like like fits in my slot. What about you? I think this is. A very good midpoint yeah. between the experimentation of roots yeah. and the thrash and of previous up to a rise. So, like roots is the is the kind of like inverted commas biggest album. Is that yeah. your favorite album or is it? No, this is no. my favorite album. Okay, so you yeah, but probably either between this and a rise. Yeah, yeah, but I I know this album better, so it would probably pip yeah. it. You know, I think it's just it's just got it's got that. Brazilian heritage influence has got that slightly more uh, groove to the yeah. riffs beyond thrash, um, but still, it's still a heavy album, you know. So yeah, I so like like I said in like on the last episode, of the Paradise Lost. I'm kind of interested to know like, did you get into this album in 1993 or was it 1995 or was it later? Ah, do you know? I can't actually remember. I think I was. Um, sitting with a mutual um, acquaintance mm -hmm. and um, digging, just digging into music a little bit 
and um, I think his brother had KOCD. Yeah. Um, he, he was quite a bit older, mm. um, you know, but good kind of, yeah, good four or five years older than us. So, you know, his music collection was a bit more varied. Yeah. Um, so I, I was actually picking up heavier stuff from him. Right, okay, yeah. Um, our, our kind of mutual friend was more into like kind of punkier stuff, grungier yeah. stuff, which I was kind of beginning to veer away from a bit. Yeah. Um, but so I was a bit like a sponge picking up kind of, mm-hmm. you know, going kind of heavier, heavier music. So again, I was a sucker for a riff and this album's got riffs for days. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was all over this album as soon as I heard it. And I, yeah. I think it was probably from, from um, our, 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 our acquaintance's brother actually was the first time I heard it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm... Normally I can remember, but I'm actually struggling to think of, mm. about this one. Yeah, because like like in the last episode we were talking about Paradise Lost, and I understand that um, Paradise Lost I think supported Sepultura on the KSAD tour, I or think they the did. other way around. I don't know what it was, but I know that yeah. would be probably yeah. be right enough. And we were also talking about like Donington 1985, and did we did we say Sepultura were on that? Or was it? Like yes, they later? were. They played. Um, there was no ninety three, was there? Was there no, no, no ninety four? No. No, no, there was no ninety four. Yeah, we were talking about this last week. I, I think no, there was there was ninety four. They played ninety. F- there was no ninety three. Yeah. They played ninety four and they played ninety six. Okay, great. Yeah. So yeah. they would have played uh, on the KOCD tour and the Roots tour. Ah, okay. Um, and Donington, um, and of course Paradise Lost were in ninety six. Tremendous. Yeah, so Sepultura, they're a super band. I've got to say that if you're if you're not a like a kind of thrash fan, you might struggle with them a little bit. I, me personally, being kind of more in the kind of like kind of technical prog side of things generally, bands like Dream Theater, Dark Tranquility, Soilwork. Kind of that's more where I'm kind of like lame. This KOCD I just find was a little bit too I don't know how you say this kind of like over the edge. It was just a little bit too over the edge. Yeah, but nevertheless, I can have to I can say certainly that the first four the first side of the album effectively refuse resist territory slave new world nine men. Absolutely brilliant. Propaganda actually is another great one. But, uh, you know, like Territory, the second track, is dealing with the kind of Israeli-Palestine conflict that we were talking about earlier. It's a crowd pleaser. It's just a super riff. And, yeah, Slave New World. Yeah, super. So I wasn't quite sure where you would be with with Sepultura because I get the impression that you're into maybe more technical forms of, of... of metal, um, and this might be a bit too mean and dirty, kind of. Yeah, it's like I quite like really groovy, or I suppose quite technical, and it's I'm not sure if I found something in between. Like, so for example, like like one of our first episodes was Vulgar Display Power, yeah. which I think came out it was in 1992, I think. <laughs> that is still basically my favorite album. 
Mm, I love the heaviness. I love like the the swing and the groove of it. You know, because like I say, my kind of like sound ASMR like quip earlier of like like Slayer being and Metallica being yeah. You know. So I, I I think I quite like I think I see this as like a midpoint. Yeah. Between that, you know, there's technical elements to it. There's speed elements to yeah. it, but there's just that groove yeah. behind it you know maybe like maybe it's because I just don't know the band so well like I just thought like I, like Pantera like all the kind of like the characters in the band were like kind of comic characters and they just had more attitude to me there's something more like, like I've often said like on, on this podcast like you know like ACDC is almost like kind of like it's like kind of like folk music for like kind of like Guys like us, yeah, you know, yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. When you hear Omnipresent it, omnipresent, yeah. When yeah. you hear it, you're immediately kind of like stimulated by it, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Um, now, if I was maybe somebody who grew up in like in a big inner city, this sound comes on, and I'm a kind of like, you know, someone who's had to deal with a lot of stuff. This probably is like right on my street. Mm. I'm not quite that person. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, and when I think of Pantera, like to me, they kind of like go in that kind of like, like that groovy kind of like ACDC type thing. You know, when you hear it, it just kind of like affects me, certainly. And a lot of people like me, you know. Yeah, maybe, you know, like, maybe that's that's where we, we differ is yeah. that the, there's so much feeling to the riffing with this album that maybe that's what stimulates and captivates me more mm-hmm. was that when you feel you need to mosh yeah. this al- you know you, you you can mosh to this yeah. this album like you know um and then the lyrical content as, as well um is all very quite emotive so yeah. maybe that that's the point of where we kind of diverge yeah maybe as, like maybe this is like this music is actually kind of like too real like you were talking about like how this is like thrash with a cause type thing mm. you know like I I'm looking at the, the album kind of artwork and this is kind of like I remember like 95, 96, 97 like when kind of Korn and all these sort of bands were sort of coming out things got kind of like nihilistic a little bit Yeah, you know what I mean I'm looking at these this pictures this is very nihilistic yeah, this album I'm looking at this picture here for Slave New World you've got a, a guy with a kind of blindfold on and someone stuffed in his mouth you know it looks like he's about to get like shot you know, yeah, it's very, uh, yeah, it's 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 dark, and the world is like that. Yeah, and that has to be acknowledged. Maybe I just kind of like move towards something that is more. Well, like I say, I've always been kind of like more like a kind of like a sound over lyrics type. Guy, yeah, you know, so the overall sound to me is quite. Like that's where I drive my pleasure in listening. So I think you like more the power metal kind of thing than maybe I do. Yeah. And whereas, like this is just this album is almost like everything that metal should be mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah. And I think that I think you're absolutely right. This appeals to the dark side of my mm-hmm. personality in a lot of ways. Yeah. The lyrical content, the overall, you know, the 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 riffs, the the way it grinds, 
in a lot of ways. So, yeah. so yes, I, th- I think that's very astute, what you said there. I think that um, appeals, this album appeals to me in a different way than it may appeal to you, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. I mean, it's one of those things that, like, I probably I probably couldn't hand on heart like recommend this album to uh, from my perspective, but I have what I could say is that you need to listen to it if you know what I mean. You know what I mean. I think this run of three Sepultura albums are if you like metal yeah. in any way, like the run of three songs. Yeah. Um, Refuse to resist territory, slave new world. I mean, they that are, is probably kind of like, the greatest run yeah. of three songs in any metal album yeah. ever produced. Totally, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, like that is like kind of genre defining. Yeah, Sharpie just put on roots just now, and this like that sound there is definitely more my cup of tea, right? I just think it's got more. Like swing to it, you know, you know. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I found like a rise. Their preceding album was more obviously kind of like thrash, and I, I just I just found it was like, was kind of in my pocket. You know mm. what I mean? You know, and this, although Roots to me has, uh, for me, it has a similar kind of like um, I don't want to say deficiencies, but like there's a like the first few three four tracks. Like absolutely come out of the gates and knock you in the teeth and then the album sort of like kind of like it just for me it kind of like um it kind of just goes away a little bit you know i think it ebbs and flows yeah um it's not just the headlong head rush mm. that chaos ad is it's a maybe a bit more it's very much more experimental yeah. and it's maybe a little bit more it's nuanced very, and yeah. thoughtful perhaps yeah, yeah. um Is it a better album than Chaos CD? Ah, it's just a different album than Chaos CD, yeah. I think. I think probably I would like like some sort of amalgam of the two. You know, mm. like a kind of like greatest hits. Sepultura, 93, 96. <laughs> I think that's probably where I'm sort of sitting. You know, like I say, the first... The first three songs of both of these albums... Stellar. Yeah. Stellar, you know. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, I just... <laughs> Actually, one of the things that kind of I noticed about this was actually these must have been kind of like the, some of the first albums that were coming out in CD exclusively. Mm, interesting. You know, we've always talked like I've always talked about like uh, having been a kind of prog guy who loves the long songs and long albums. I'm definitely on the other side of that coin. You know, mm. I quite like something a bit more tighter, and I just think that some of these albums, you know, they're kind of like the fifty minute mark. 53 minutes I just think if they'd been trimmed by sort of 5-6 minutes to sort of you know between 40-45 I just think it would have made them sort of tighter more kind of like I mean like I say you know like Chaos CD is is just a complete riff fest from from start to finish I think you'd be struggling to trim anything from that it may be a different argument for Roots because of its experimental nature Yeah, yeah maybe yeah um, I think it's a shame that this um, era of the band didn't go on 
beyond this yeah. because I think it would have been interesting to see where they where they went after yeah. this. Um, I I think they maybe. Well, I suppose you answered your own question with that one, like because it's, it's the same band between KFCD and Roots, and they like as as they did with KFCD, they said right, Arise is too thrashy, we'll do something different, and then they just continued that with Roots, you mm-hmm. know, and then thereafter they they kind of went into like. I'm not gonna say lost years, but they were they were doing something else. And yeah, you know it. It um, you know things had moved, you know beyond them. I suppose yeah. at the time, you know. But I think if you if listen, if you know corn, you probably know Sepultura. If you don't, you you need to listen to it. Yeah, you will understand. I, I, I definitely think listen yeah. to <coughs> roots now that um, it's very. Very corn ish, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then, listen to Chaos CD, I hear a, quite a bit of slipknot. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I think, like, without um, Sabotor, I don't think you get uh, slipknot actually. Yeah. I think everything I, about the kind yeah. of chaotic sound and uh, instrumentation, I don't like, think you get that. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, this sounds like Iowa, which was one of their. Yes, exactly. That's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. So this is that, you know, we're listening to Attitude and it just sounds like parts of Iowa or the more maybe experimental parts of, of the um, debut album. Yeah, definitely. I think, so, there are key cog in the kind of like history, you know, like, let's say, the super band. I've never seen them live personally. I think it'd be interesting. I think we, in fact, they were going to play in Glasgow in twenty twenty, but that all got kiboshed. Uh, kibosh, yeah. 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 I mean, I've seen them a few times. I've seen them in the big day out, and I've seen them. <laughs> so talk to, like we're just coming up to the end of the show. Talk about talk about live Sepultura. What's they're, it like? I mean, they're fantastic. Like Derek Green is giant American. Just he's he, he's got such a massive stage presence and he's a fantastic front man mm. he really is a great front man um i think sepultura in, in this day and age have now carved out yeah. you know their own unique carved it yeah recarved the, yeah. The, their own sound and who they are and re-established who they are and um i i think they're a fantastic even now a fantastic band but they've always been good live yeah um and really uniquely talented musicians that bring use the, their their heritage to create such a you know unique sound to very heavy music you know so one of the questions I wanted to ask you did you like follow on through with like Soulfly and Cavalera Conspiracy no um, uh, Soulfly kind of passed me by a little bit mm. um, what I've heard of Soulfly I like um, what I did catch up with was about this time, Max Cavalier released a side project, Nail Bomb. Oh yes, I heard of that. Yeah. And that is it's it's very heavy. Yeah. <laughs> Almost in. Uh, because he's again, moving like... towards the new metal kind of stuff, but it's it's, it's exceptionally heavy stuff. Um, but that, did he do that with Deb? Uh, not Devin Townsend. Uh, Jason Newstead, or, or am I getting? Oh, I can't that? remember yeah. for the life of me. Yeah. Um, I kind of got a bootleg sort of copy of the album kind of thing. But um, that's, you know, the Nail Bomb stuff's really good, like, mm-hmm. you know, really um, very, very kind of edging towards the new metal kind so, of thing. You know? 
So Sharpie, we're just coming up to the end of the, this episode. I think final words to describe KOCD and or Sepultura. Sepultura are a vital band if you enjoy and appreciate heavy music. They have influenced a massive amount of, of people through time. Um, they've got their own unique sound that they um, draw on their cultural heritage from. Um, so they're never tiring to listen to if 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 you listen to a lot of lot kind of heavy music. So um, if you like, if you don't know Sepultura, but if you like Code Orange and Employed to Serve and and, and bands of of that ilk, and you don't, you've not gone back to the kind of mid nineties. Check out this run of albums, even back to Beneath the Remains. Beneath the Remains is a great album as well. Um, you you won't be disappointed. Sepultura are, are a fantastic band, you know. Yeah, if you if you check out Beneath the Remains, Arise, KFCD, Roots, I'm sure there's something that you'll enjoy. Yeah. Out of those albums, uh, and Quadra, their most recent, which was from 2020. 2020. That's that's another cracking album. Um. So yeah, Sepultura, um, super band. Super country, super guys. Uh, that was the VRPC episode on KOCD by Sabaltura. We decided what we're going to do next week, Sharpie. Is that to be determined? To be determined. Yeah. To be determined. To be discussed. Yeah. So, thanks very much for joining us for this discussion on on KOCD. Yeah. Be um, sure to check out the Twitter uh, page. The handle is hashtag VRPC. Hashtag yeah. VRPC. Yeah. yeah. You can get in touch with us at vrpc at gmx.co.uk that's vrpc at gmx.co.uk always happy to hear from what you guys have been think of us suggestions uh, and thoughts yeah. it's always welcome yep positive criticism only <laughs> that's right <laughs> we've been the rest yeah <laughs> so uh, yeah you've been listening to vrpc we thank you for that so thanks for joining us folks and we'll see you next time see ya obrigado <laughs>